Welcome to episode seven of the Utah Lake Updates podcast. I'm Carolyn Jardine from the leadership team of Conserve Utah Valley. I'm here today with uh, the illustrious Ben Abbott. Hello, Carolyn. And also Katie Knight, who is not only a fantastic panelist for us tonight, but also our producer. Thank you, Katie. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We have so many things that have happened uh, around Utah Lake since our last update. Uh, let's see, in our last update, I think we were talking a lot about what we wanted to have happen with Utah Lake, and happily, a lot of that has happened. Yeah. And we wanted to take time today to really give some perspective on what has happened, what the implications of those things are, and where we go from here. And I think one of the burning questions at least that my neighbors are wondering, is is it time to take down my Utah Lake sign? <laughs> yeah, so mine are still up. Mine too. And I think my neighbors are thinking they're coming down along with the election signs. <laughs> Not yet. So let's talk about this really good question of is it is it over? Well, so, so much has happened and relatively quickly. And so it's hard to figure out. I, I wonder if you, Carolyn or Katie, would be willing to give a little bit of context of what's happened over the last year, you know, yeah. so that we understand where we are. Yeah, I, let me give some background. So, you know, last December, it was about a year ago, you know, we sat down and started thinking about what would need to happen in the legislative session in 2022 that started in January that could help us get to a better place as far as protecting Utah Lake, specifically to this island's um, development that Lake Restoration Solutions was going forward with. So we sat down with Representative Stratton, started talking about possible legislation. And so the idea for HB 240 was proposed, and Kevin Stratton put that bill file in, got it moving, and we were able to get that through the legislature. And one of the really interesting pieces to this is that you know, if you were looking at the technicalities of what was in HB 240, which really was set up to address HB 272 from 2018, which opened up the door to an, a development actually happening by transferring the lake bed of Utah Lake to a private developer in exchange for what was being termed restoration. So 240 was set forward to address HB 272 from 2018, and, and the things that it addressed were making stipulations around any project that was proposed had to be vetted for constitutionality, which was you know, extremely important, fiscal responsibility. The process of going through the vetting had to be transparent and um, following you know, the rules of ethics that are stated you know, through the entire legislative process and, and just best practices. So some really great stipulations were there. And what a lot of people don't understand, and I think is important for this discussion, is that by passing HB 240, it actually gave the parameters that FFSL needed or forestry, fire, and state lands, my favorite government acronym <laughs> right now. <laughs> it gave the parameters that FFSL needed in order to actually vet the project. Yeah and determine whether or not it should go forward. Well, and I think we should pause for just a second, because <clears throat> when you describe what was in HP 240, these amendments that Stratton put forward, it sounds so obvious. It's like, well, duh, we'd want that in the law. But this was actually incredibly controversial, right? It barely made it out of committee because there was so much resistance in the legislature and the island group was still quite close with them. So I think we need to shout out to our listeners and recognize this only happened 
because the legislature heard from so many individuals from every background, right? This was teachers and stay-at-home parents and uh, researchers and business people, and they were hearing from the whole community. It wasn't partisan. I just think that's, that's huge, right? This is an example of the legislature responding to the voice of the people. That's what I was going to mention is that it seemed like January, February is when the public became aware of what was going on. I mean, I think it's mainly due to CUV, Conserve Utah Valley's efforts to get the word out. And there was the rally and lots of different ways that people were able to learn that there was something real real happening. Because at first I heard about it and I thought, this isn't going to happen. I don't need to pay attention to this. But it turns out we did. Yeah. It's true, and I do want to make a, a big point, which is CUV definitely put a lot of effort into this, but it was a lot of different groups, uh, you know, a really good coalition of other conservation groups as well as environmental groups, and anybody just really interested in preserving Utah Lake. And to your point, Ben, the public engagement is really what actually sealed the deal for 240. You know, we had more than 10,000 people sign the petition, which could not be ignored. We had hundreds of people show up at the rally at the Capitol. So it was very difficult for the legislature to not actually pay attention to the fact that this was wildly unpopular with their constituency. And you saw that switch, right? It barely made it out of um, committee, but then it passed almost unanimously in both the House and the Senate. So... Yeah, it's it's really inspiring. We sometimes can feel discouraged, like, ah, I can't have any influence. But when we work together, <laughs> good things can happen. You know, we've been very deeply involved in this process. You know, Ben, your, half of your life has been dedicated <laughs> to it. And CUV, it's been our, you know, primary objective in yeah. 2022. And it feels like it's taken a while to get to where we are today. But if we look at HB 240 passing in February to October was it seventeenth that it was Sounds right. announced by FFSL would have to check that date, but sometime in the last three weeks, let's say mm-hmm. um, the announcement from FFSL that they had actually vetted the project and they had a conclusion on whether or not it could move forward. That's actually like lightning fast yeah, totally. for government. And what is the conclusion? Yeah, we haven't even said it. So let's talk about the <laughs> conclusion. Well, yeah. So that that sequence of events, the amendments started a constitutionality review. FFSL requested that the Attorney General's office look into this and evaluate if it was correct. In August, they gave us a sneak preview. This was Jamie Barnes, the most gripping few minutes of a uh, interim <laughs> session I've ever watched. Uh, maybe just to me, but no, I wasn't was, that good yeah, TV? It was good. it was good TV. I watched for two hours and then I had to drop for a work call. Oh. So I actually didn't see Jamie's update <laughs> and I was texting everyone. Tell me what she said. Tell me what she said. I mean, come on. We are, we are next level, you guys. Um, so she gave a sneak preview saying, um, You know, we've been working closely with LRS. We've been trying to help them get the proposal completed, and but they haven't provided us the necessary scientific information. And the attorney general's opinion, or the office of the attorney general's opinion, is that this is not legally sound or unconstitutional. That was kind of a preview in August, and then take us through October seventeenth and thereafter. Yeah. So we had the preview in the the interim session, and then you know mid October, FFSL and Department of Natural Resources, DNR, released their statement. And so now it is actually official 
that they have rejected the project. We can talk about this as well, but there's another process happening with the Army Corps of Engineers, which LRS has an application in with them, and and it's worth talking about that as well because that's a separate lane, right? Mm -hmm. So the lane we're talking about is the state approval of the project. They've rejected the project. So that doesn't mean that LRS couldn't come back and apply again under different parameters. Yeah. Um, Which is why we leave our signs up, right? Well, I think the real reason we leave our signs up right now is that the process actually has an appeal um, window. Uh, Okay. And so until November 17th, they have, I think, a month to appeal. Yeah. And I I don't think anybody is thinking that they won't. Yeah, they they (laughs) issued a statement. You know, that's one of the interesting things. LRS has been silent since August 15th. That was when Mm. Jamie, uh, I think she made it a couple days after that, but no public relations at all. And yet we're quite sure they're working in the background. And they did a press release um, after the announcement was made saying, oh, this is just a technicality and we're, we'll, we'll come back and keep pursuing this project. So. Gotcha. Next time somebody tells me that unconstitutional is a technicality. <laughs> oh, <I'm> oh. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's a really good point. And we should get into FFSL didn't reject their project because of some technicality, right? Right, They went straight to the heart. They said this premise of giving away sovereign lands is against the intention of Utah's constitution. So you have to preserve those lands in permanent trust for the people of Utah present and future. There's just no way to say, yeah, we really like them. They say they're going to do good stuff with it. We'll give them an undisclosed amount of land, right? That doesn't, we can't do that. It doesn't work. Yeah. And I think what other, I mean, it was constitutionality that they weighed in on, but they also said that, and I feel like I've heard this before from somebody whose initials <laughs> might be Ben Abbott, <laughs> that the science behind the application was incomplete. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Jamie mentioned that in, in August, that they hadn't received these answers. But the opinion, and I did, I read the whole thing. It's 94 pages or thereabouts. Um, it doesn't mention that. I think that they very intentionally just wanted to focus on the fact, look, the premise is flawed, so we don't need to get into the details. However, the Army Corps suspended the application even before that announcement Mm. and their explanation was they had not yet received the scientific information they requested when you submit a dredging application even if it's for a small project you've got all of these boxes you've got to check and several groups analyzed lrs's uh, application and found it was woefully lacking the army corps even though they um they generally approve over 99% of all applications. They suspended this one because it was so inadequate. So that speaks to your point, Carolyn, about the science isn't there. Yeah. Sue me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, what's going on with that? (laughs) Yeah, we're so good at transitions. They should should pay us for this. Um, So we uh, are still waiting for our day in court. We've got a hearing scheduled for the 21st of November. LRS designated all of the documents in this lawsuit as confidential or attorney's eyes only. So that hasn't allowed us to release these things to the public. And the judge ordered them. uh, She said that this was not appropriate for them all to be designated that way. So this hearing is to resolve that issue. I see. So I'm hopeful that that's decided um, this month. And then we have a hearing to uh, talk about their suit against me and our countersuit under Utah's anti-intimidation lawsuit law um, in January, January 18th. So still marching forward, similar to, to your comment, Carolyn. It seems long and drawn out, but actually in court, 
time, it's quite expedited. So. So I don't take my sign down yet because November 17th is the <laughs> deadline for appealing FFSL. But maybe what I do is add a label to my sign that says Ben's Day in Court is January <laughs> 18th. Or stay send tuned. Your, yeah, send your prayers <laughs> and <laughs> thoughts. Are you feeling hopeful about Yeah, um, you know, we from the very beginning were careful about what we said. We, did, we wanted to be responsible participants in this dialogue. So... Um, I had been sharing information about their project from their own people. That's unfortunately, they were threatened by that and sued me for it. So we're, we feel really good about this standing. We'll see, of course, uh, when the time comes. I've never been involved in any of this law, yeah. stuff, law stuff. It's before, very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I ha- I've, lear- I've learned a lot. Well, And we can talk about silver linings. I know that next time we're going to um, go into what a post-island world looks like. But one of the... M- the amazing positive things that's come about is how many people are talking about the lake, reconnecting with the lake. And so we can take a second and thank LRS for that. You know, they, the threat to the lake has helped us all appreciate a little bit more what, what we'd been taking for granted. That's true. Out of great adversity comes... Spider-Man? Is that where that's oh, from? That's great <laughs> responsibility? I don't know. I was, was going to say, like, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember what the idiom is, but... It feels like after you're really tested, that's when you yeah. gain a great appreciation for you know what we have yeah. and how valuable it is and why we cared in the first place. Totally. So, yeah, the threat of losing it, right? Yeah. You don't know what you got till it's gone. That is what it is. You don't know what you got until somebody says they want to build islands on it <laughs> with a golf course and 500,000 people. Yeah. As the old saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, and well, I, Katie, I, I, I like what you mentioned about sometimes we dismiss these, these crazy ideas and sometimes that works, but we all need to be involved. That's been the biggest lesson that I've learned from, from all of you and, our, and the listeners, right, is let's participate. We shouldn't assume bad intent, but we should be watching and verifying what's being done. The whole process works better when we do that. The other thing I think we've learned is it does make a difference when you call your representatives, when you write letters, when you show up to a rally, when you put a sign in your yard. Like this, if anything I've seen over the last year gave me faith that people actually do have an impact on the process. Yeah. I'm very happy to see the, the outcome of that. Ben, Katie, thanks so much for coming together to help with this kind of wrap up of where we are in the process today. So answering the question, don't, don't take your sign down yet. Wait for the November 17th finalization of the FFSL um, statement pending um, LRS. But definitely good news, right? But definitely yeah. good news. And w- our legislators need to hear that gratitude as yeah. well. So that's something that all of us can do tonight. Just shoot off an email, a uh, text message, and say, thank you so much for supporting this. Absolutely. And in fact, go to conserveutahvalley.com slash petition. You can sign on to our letter of gratitude that's uh, being sent up to FFSL on, this is a great date, November 16th. (laughs) (laughs) Just letting them know how much we appreciate their diligence in the process. 